And where do we go from here? We've been down by so long. Where do we go from here? We've been down by so long. Every time I turn a corner, something else is going wrong. <laughs> Let me stop messing with y'all. Welcome to Frankly Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Frank G. What it do? What it do? What it do? Let's take a second and just take a deep breath, right? And if you're listening to this, you know, uh, please. Just, you know, humor me for a second and let's just take a second. If you can close your eyes and we're going to take three deep breaths just to have a second of control in our own lives just for a moment. And we're going to start now. Close your eyes. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale through your mouth. One more time. Inhale. Exhale through your mouth. open your eyes and just to have just you know that little quick second of control over yourself you know because it seems <laughs> it seems as if it maybe it's just me you know maybe I'm the only one and you guys you all ladies and gentlemen have complete control over everything that's happening to you you're not running around and just in auto mode and, you know, you got to run here, run there, worry about this, worry about that, you know. So maybe I just needed a second. But so <laughs> where do we even start? You know, where do we go from here? We are coming to an end of what seems to have, you know, manipulated time in a way that, is rarely seen. And what I mean by that is the entire handling of this COVID thing has truly manipulated time. It's either sped it up for you or it slowed it down for you. And that's one of the dangerous parts of something like this. You know, this global orchestration of a pandemic where they tell you something and not give you all the information about it, you know, and you have to wait what seems to be in a forever, and they got you, they got a lot of people in a mindset, and when I say they, I mean the people who, the governments, right, because those are, those are the ones who told us that this thing was so terrible, and it's more than it's, it's never happened before. There's never been an outbreak like this before, which was all a lie. But, you know, regardless of that, they have 
done something which they achieved and that was being able to control your perception to the point where they actually control your biological clock you see so and you know there's a list of things that has been going on simultaneously along with your own lives my life your life you know that seems to get little to no attention or it gets all the attention and blocks out something else that needs the same amount of attention right and you know hopefully you know if you're listening to my voice you're not completely stuck in watching you know mainstream media because you're not going to see all of these topics you know in a given day you're only going to see one maybe two and that part you know hopefully you're able to find alternative sources of news and not watch CNN MSNBC you know Fox News whoever else CBS all of them you know mainstream media outlets they're all on the same team but I have a list here that I want to read off to you. And I wanted to, because I took note of the issues or topics that I have been noticing <clears throat> have been hitting people really big and, you know, in the news one moment or another. And it seems as if these things have went away because they've introduced something else. And the most newest thing is uh, the fake real war or the real fake war in in Ukraine you know and uh so here's my list all right you ready we got inflation going on we got election fraud that's still being investigated you have the freedom convoy with the truckers who have arrived in DC you got the border crisis which is still there uh, you have a uh, crime surge, you know, looting and all that still going on and it's growing <laughs> across the country. You also have um, the change in, 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 in attitude towards COVID, which has caught a lot of people off guard and completely bamboozled a lot of people who decided to get the, you know, the vaccine or the poison, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. You, if you, if those of uh, the human population that decided to go ahead and get it and their feelings that aren't being, you know, taken into consideration because they trusted some people who told them this was the science and the science turned out to be completely wrong and lied. They lied about it and they're coming out and saying that they lied. And that's where we'll start. We'll start there with the one of the biggest bombshells that came out with the you know, Pfizer documents, the CDC director on, uh, when was it? When did she come out? Wachowski is her name. Um, I want to say maybe a day ago, if you're listening to this podcast, it, it was definitely like the, the sixth or seventh or somewhere around here of March, 2020, when she came out and, uh, 
she admitted that they lied or she lied about the uh, effects and of the COVID vaccine. Uh, the CC director testified that the COVID vaccine was 90% effective. But when the Pfizer, when the court, when the judge, you know, shot down the 75 years to re to release the documents, which was asinine in and of itself, you know, and made them and forced them to come out because they just came out this week, I believe. She comes back on to television and said that she lied and she admitted to lying and that it wasn't 90 percent effective. and come to find out from the documents themselves and you know and i'll link to uh you know i've I seen a couple i read a couple articles when the thing came out uh that the vaccine had 1291 side effects let me read that one more time the vaccine has 1200 91 side effects reveals official documents and you can there's an article out here and there's a plenty plenty of other um alternative news sites articles that you can find about this but the one that i read from in this particular case was the real times and uh it, 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 the article title is quote Pfizer COVID vaccine has 1,291 side effects, reveals official documents, end quote. Mm -hmm. This release of, quote, this release of documents follows U.S. District Judge Mark T. Pittman's decision on January 6th to deny the requests from the FDA, which is your Food and Drug Administration, quote, to suppress the data for the next 75 years, meaning all of us alive right now will be dead. That has taken this uh, vaccine. I continue on here, quote, which the agency has claimed, which the agency claimed was necessary in part because of its limited resources, end quote. And that's just, right under the headline that's the excerpt from the headline you know and so i'm gonna read a little bit more here from this article and again i, I said i'm gonna link it in the notes um quote when pfizer applied for fda approval they were aware of almost 158,000 adverse events this really does not paint them in a favorable light. And now a 38 page report features an appendix with a list that says Pfizer COVID vaccine has 1,291 side effects. Continue on here. Quote, the list includes acute care. <laughs> I'm going to read, there's a whole list here. The list, quote, the list includes an acute Kidney injury, acute, flaccid. Uh, some of these I'm not going to be able to pronounce, so you're going to have to uh, 
bear with me here. Myelitis, anti-sperm, antibody positive. Like, basically that. All right. Brainstem embolism, brainstem cardiac arrest, cardiac failure, cardiac ventricular thrombosis, thrombosis, <laughs> sheesh, cardiogenic shock, central nervous system, vasculitis. Death neonatal. Oof. Deep vein thrombosis. Like this list, it just it just goes on. Epileptic psychosis, foaming at the mouth, facial paralysis, fetal distress syndrome, gastrointestinal amyloidosis, generalized tonic. Clonic seizures. Like. This is crazy stuff. And all of these things. Even the ones I just read off have been reported. And it's just been suppressed. You haven't heard any of this in mainstream media. You know. Herpes zoster reactivation. So. I don't know where, where herpes zoster is, but if just thinking about the name, if someone has basically suppressed herpes, you know, this is just my my thought. Basically, taking that vaccine would have basically reactivated it. You know, lung disease. Juggler vein embolism, juvenile myoclonic epilepsy, liver injury, low birth weight, multi-system inflammatory system in children, myocardosis, which is a big one that that's been reported a lot on, neonatal seizures, pancreatitis, pneumonia, stillbirth. Temporal lobe epilepsy and twelve hundred and forty six other medical condi- medical conditions following vaccination. So again, I, as I said, I'll you know link to that article, and it does link to uh, if you want to actually see the pages. So that this article does link to that as well. If it's still up, um. You know, and and these people are immune. So typically what happens, if you don't already know how these things, you know, these technologies are supposed to be vetted out, they're supposed to be like a 10 year um, trial period, something like that. And they only trial for about three. Come to find out, Moderna, which... You know, now that this stuff has come out, Moderna have has lost about 90 percent of its value. The CEO left the company and sold all his stock. Um, but they had patented, basically patented 
the vaccine three years before COVID even hit and back in 2016. You know, all this information has just came out in the last two weeks. You, you see what I'm saying? So, so it's just, it's mind boggling. They really play with the people of the people's lives. You know, and now all this, you know, documents is coming out. They, they got you worried about something else with more fear wrapped up in it. The same people who brought you this lies brought you is bringing you more lies. And, you know, it just seems as if people just keep eating it up and eating it up. You know, so again, where do we go from here? So now we know the truth. The people have been telling us from day one. And a lot of people was just saying, oh, you're just, you know, <laughs> you're an anti-vaxxer or this or that or whatever these names, these mainstream media people came up with that people took on for themselves and started, you know, calling their own friends that and family members who are using critical thinking skills. Um, you know, just demonizing them or and making them the boogeyman, as, you know, old man Biden was saying it was a war of the unvaccinated. We ain't got nothing to do with it. It never was anything about anybody being unvaccinated or vaccinated. This was a ploy and it by these companies to make quick money and control people. So, you know, the question is, you know, so here's a segue into because all of this is connected. You know, this whole vaccine, the covid. So in Ukraine. Right. They're now fighting there. You know, it's coming out that the U.S. is helping Ukraine protect uh, the biological research facilities in Ukraine from Russia. Why would they be doing that? You know, and, it, and, and the story that they're trying to spin, if you paying attention to mainstream media at all, that they don't want. Russia to get their hands on it because Russia is going to use it against the people. Is that really the case? Or did Russia, you know, sense something was up and was going on right in their backyard and they decided to investigate? You know, you can't, you know, they, these people have already given us a story about something and completely lied to us and bamboozled so many of our family and friends. Why would we listen to what they're saying about this? You know what I'm saying? And it's just one thing, more nonsense after another. Which brings us to the next point since we're on Ukraine. Remember that uh, we're aiding Ukraine right or kind of in a roundabout way aiding Ukraine so remember Orange Man was in office uh, they tried to impeach him when he was questioning what was going on in Ukraine surrounding cloud strike y'all remember that you know, that's where that whole origins of Trump Russia thing started was out of Ukraine. So now here we are two years later 
and Ukraine is the good guy now when they were just implicit along with, with Russia for the most part and somehow election somehow meddling in the election right because it's impossible for people that you know why would anybody want to vote for Trump you know what I'm saying so let's this thing is is deep because it's all connected so now that we know that we're aiding in a way uh you know trump and i mean ukraine let's talk about the other elephant one of the other elephants in the room and where do we go from here so we're going to go to what's happening as far as you know inflation one of the things that's on the list but specifically to the oil prices you know the gas prices so i'm gonna link to this particular article and what i need you to do is if you're listening to it you can go to the show notes right now pull the articles up as i'm speaking about them and this article is called entitled how much russian crude oil and petroleum product does the u.s import where does it go how much impact will the russian oil ban have and you can find this again in the show notes and it's from blacklisted news and there's a um there is a graphic there's some graphics that you know some graphs here in the in the article and it it says here quote one more complication in the vast global oil trade even for the u.s one of the largest producers in the world and a big exporter they're talking about so basically they're saying that we're one of the largest producers of oil and exporter of oil in the world the u.s is a huge producer of crude oil and petroleum products with huge refining refining capability what um capacity sorry huge consumption a huge petrochemical industry huge imports and even bigger exports period end quote so huge imports right and even bigger exports, meaning this is we're talking about oil and petroleum products, meaning we're exporting more, vastly more than we're importing. So keep that in mind when you go to, you know, to the pumps. And it, the article goes on to say, quote, the global oil trade is complex and vast, and it solves specific issues in the U.S., such as a lack of oil pipeline across the Rockies between producing regions and the West Coast, end quote. Now, I want to, you know, say a little comment here on that, where it says pipelines, oil pipelines, the lack of oil pipelines across the Rockies between producing regions and the West Coast. When Trump was in office, one of the things that he was pushing for was that pipeline, was it not? To connect the producing regions 
and the West Coast. When Biden got in office, that was one of the first things he did was scrap the pipeline. Right. So let's let's move on from there. Quote, a wide variety of products are based on crude oil from transportation fuels to plastic, building materials and fiber for clothing. So if oil supplies are tight and oil gets expensive, it impacts everything. End quote. I need y'all to keep that in mind. From transportation, plastics, building materials, even those of you who are driving Teslas, your vehicle is made with oil. It may not consume oil, the vehicle itself, but it needs oil to be made. And those clothes that y'all buy in the store is all made possible from oil. So going on, the article states the U.S. trade of crude oil and petroleum products such as gasoline, diesel, jet fuel, naphtha, etc. in 2021 involved in barrels per day and if you pulled up, if you went and pulled up the article as I was, you know, suggesting, you'll see where it says imported from Russia, 672,000 barrels per day. Uh, imported in total, 8.4 million barrels per day, about half of it from Canada. And exported. 8.6 million barrels per day. And you'll see the graphic here. So for those for those of you who are just listening and aren't able to pull up the article for visualization, uh, I would suggest you do it at a later point when you can. But if you can't, I'm going to try to walk you through what this is saying. So the graphic on your uh, X axis has. um the years from 96 to 2001 on the y-axis it has uh zero going up you know uh vertically to 14 and on your x-axis is going from 96 to 21 2021 the russian u.s imports from russia is barely at it's just under a million barrels per day in 2021 topping up at 672,000 right now there's a purple line that states in 2021 imported from Canada is a total of 8.47 million barrels per day right so then there's a green line that in 96, the U.S. was exporting about a million barrels of uh, oil per day. And it shot up to last year to 8,063. So, yeah, 8.63 million barrels per day. So we are exporting eight times the amount 
of oil and petroleum products than we're importing from Russia. So I, I need y'all to let that sink in. Now, the article goes on to say, you know, and I'll read a couple more uh, excerpts here. Quote, amid booming production by U.S. shell oil producers starting about a dozen years ago, import sank and export surge, as the graph shows. By 2020, the U.S. became a net exporter of crude oil and petroleum products, meaning in terms of barrel per day, per day, the U.S. exported more than it imported. So if we're exporting, in quote, so if we're exporting all of that petroleum product, then why are we seeing what we're seeing at the pump is my question. So it goes on to say, uh, but this is not, quote, this is not equal to energy independence. The U.S. energy sector is tightly woven into global energy trade and is dependent on that trade to some extent. And any sudden shift, such as an import ban, is going to cause disruption and dislocation. And the reason why that is, they gave us the answer above, because there's no pipeline connecting the areas that are producing that high amount of, you know, petroleum products to certain areas of the country. There's no way to get it over there. I mean, there is, but it takes forever. So they'd rather just import it from somewhere else. It's easier that way. So it goes on to say. Uh, in 2021, uh, and quote, the market knows how to deal with disruption and dislocation by pricing. So it raises the prices. Quote, in 2021, Russia exported over 7 million barrels per day in crude oil and petroleum products to the world. This is a massive amount, and there's no easy and readily replacement for that much production. The world depends on this oil to a large extent. But U.S. imports from Russia, again, they're emphasizing 672,000 barrels per day, accounted for less than 10% of Russian exports and less than 8% of U.S. exports. And given the size of U.S. oil production and U.S. exports, the industry overall can handle the shift, as I just pointed out. But Europe took about 60% of Russia's exports and is largely dependent on Russian oil. China took about 20%. So now you're starting to see where the money's going, right? So now you're starting to see what games are being played here. So we're going to move on to the, uh, the bottom of the article here. and. Uh, it says, you know, we're going to uh, U.S. imports from Russia by category. And it's a, not, a nice little graphic that shows you the actual break it down, like crude oil, gasoline, blending, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, finished gasoline. That's the stuff you put in your car. So uh, 
we're going to go if you scroll down to the bottom of the article is that the subtitle is where do imports of Russian crude oil and products go? So ports along the Gulf Coast are 55 percent. Ports along the East Coast is 25 percent. Ports along the West Coast is 20 percent. The Gulf Coast is where about half of the U.S. petrochemical industry is located, meaning Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Florida. Those are that's your Gulf Coast. Alabama. It would be your Gulf Coast nation. I mean, states. And here are the. Uh, top four buyers of Russian, you know, petroleum products, Valero, ExxonMobil, Marathon Petroleum, and PBF Energy. In conclusion, the article goes on to say, the import ban will give companies involved in the oil trade with Russia, such as these refineries that were just mentioned, 45 days to wind down their contracts with Russian energy suppliers. Figuring that something like that might be coming, U.S. companies have already started to prepare the shift to other suppliers, domestic and foreign, and pricing was sorted out. And some of it will show up or has already shown up in anticipation at the gas pump. End quote. So basically, what you just saw in this article and what you just heard in this article is they've given you what's going on with the oil prices. Uh, and also I got to get this chair <laughs> thing keeps squeaking. I'm sorry about that. Uh, they've given you a snapshot of where the money's going. And basically they've told us that we're paying for the shift. The people at the pump are paying for these companies to find other contracts instead of them coming out of pocket. They raise the prices. So and I'm just reading between the lines here. They're just raising the prices so we can pay for it. So they're not coming out of pocket. They're making complete profit. No. Back end, you know, no, very little overhead, because now, you know, on average, it's about five dollars probably now. And that shot up in what, a week? two weeks maybe you know and in california six dollars seven dollars because they don't have access like the east coast does you see what i'm saying so there in lies the games right so we're gonna so that's one so we talked about the inflation as far as the oil is concerned but in, in that article, you remember, it's, it laid out the industries that are affected by the oil. So, again, let's go over that because that's going to impact the inflation that we're seeing around. You got transportation, you got plastics, so your drinks are going to go up. Anything that uses plastic that comes wrapped in plastic, you know, your medical materials, all that stuff, plastic, that's going to go up. Building materials for homes is going to go up. So your homes are going to be more expensive to build. Um, 
if you're doing any renovations, it's going to be more expensive. You know what I'm saying? If you're looking to add stone or something to your fireplace, the stone is going to be more expensive because it needs gasoline to be moved across the country and all that kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? You see how this is, you know, the computers, the phones are going to be a little bit more expensive now. The clothes is going to be more expensive because oils used, crude oils used for fiber for clothing. You see, and the overhead is going to go up for transportation companies. Therefore, your product is going to go up. So this is where everything that's the squeeze is coming from on us because we are the ones that have to foot the bill. They're not paying out of pocket for anything. We are. So I, this is why I wanted to bring up this list and I didn't want to take too long, but it seems like it's going to take me a little longer to kind of get through everything here. So we talked about the inflation. We talked about the fires of documents. We talked about uh, the Ukraine situation and kind of a little bit of detail on what's happening behind the scenes there and how the hip, you know, the hypocrisy is going on. You know, you, you, we had one president in office who was getting blamed for collusion and all this stuff, but then they turn right back around and they're the people who were blaming them are the ones that are, were actually doing it because they're doing it right in front of our faces now. So when the president, the last president was in office, he was trying to investigate what was going on over in Ukraine and they're saying, oh, he's colluding with, with, uh, with Putin. In Russia, yes, because they were trying to figure out what was going on in Ukraine. So they probably were working together is what it seems like to me to figure out what was going on in Ukraine, because there's clearly something else because Biden's son was on the uh, on the board of that energy company coming out of Ukraine. How is that possible? And now, two years later, the same the same administration that was, you know, pointing fingers and, and screaming and yelling is now the ones that are were actually working with them the whole time because we see the the aid that we're given that that they are giving the Ukraine and that uh actor of a leader that they have the man was a uh a actor before he became the leader of Ukraine like what so that's a game over there. They overthrew that Ukrainian government. I mean, just a couple years ago and they put that actor in there and now look what's going on. So, uh, so we're going to move on to another big, uh, elephant that's in the room, you know? So as we, you know, move on from imports from Canada, we drive down 95 to DC. We're going to speak about a uh, an executive order that was just signed in on. Um, let me see what day is it now. That I believe that was signed in on Monday or some day this week, the seventh of uh, March, 2022, and that executive order was for digital currency and again we go right back to russia ukraine because russia has all these sanctions on them and now guess what happened they can't use 
basically used the world currency of the dollar. So what they do, they went back to the gold standard and also implemented, they're implementing a digital currency. Just this week, you know, the article reads, and also this will be linked in the show notes, Bitcoin surges as White House unveils crypto executive order. So we're going to dive right into that because that's a, we got to follow the money in some of these things. And where do we go from here? Those of you who have been following the podcast, right? And if you recall, and if you haven't, I would suggest um, to go back in the archives and listen to the to the interview with Greg Fuller, where we kind of talked about cryptocurrency and what was going to be coming down the pipe. And that was what, a year, a year ago, year and a half ago. And look at where we're at now, you know, so if you haven't already go back to into the archives, you know, check out that breakfast bar conversation with Greg Fuller as we, you know, kind of dived into the cryptocurrency and what it means and, you know, what could, you know, the impact it could be having. And it seems that we're, that day has come quicker than I thought it was going to. So in this article and titled, again, as a Bitcoin surges as White House unveils crypto executive order. So again, another elephant in the room. Crypto is never going away. It's been an elephant in the room for the last 10 years since Bitcoin kind of jumped off the roof and went sky, you know, skyrocketed to the levels that it's at. Uh, you know, this is this. And again, all of these things, it, it just I got to keep emphasizing this. Right. All of these things. Are tied to one another. They can't exist by themselves. They all, all of these topics, all of these issues, all piggyback off of one another. You see what I'm saying? The inflation, you know, the election, all of this, the envoy stuff, the border crisis, all of this stuff, because this cryptocurrency is, it is really at the back end of all of it. And it's, it's a, it seems as if it's a smaller entity in the room, but it really isn't because with this fake real war that's going on in, you know, this Ukrainian thing, it seems as if, because we, we talked about in that very art, that very uh, episode with Greg Fuller, that breakfast bar, we talked about the great reset. And what better time to usher in something like that when you just put an executive order out to and i'm gonna read it right now so this stuff it you can't make this stuff up you know truth is always stranger than fiction and this stuff it it just so all right quote the order would be signed by president biden later on wednesday mandating government agencies to take a closer look at issues related to digital currency and also related to combating illicit use of cryptocurrency. So basically what that statement is saying is regulation. And for those of you who know anything about cryptocurrency, who might hold some 
cryptocurrency or maybe if specifically if you hold xrp you're just rubbing your hands together because this is what you've been waiting for we've been waiting the whole industry has been waiting for regulation right because so this will be the first time in anywhere where we well especially in specifically in the u.s where we have regulation so going on here uh quote in a fact sheet the goal is to take advantage of the potential benefits of digital assets while also addressing the risks the white house said in the fact sheet agencies will have from 60 to 180 days to complete their reports a senior administrator official senior administration officials are said late tuesday after which the administration plans to move quickly to carry out the recommendations the article goes on here and lists out uh a few bullets here and i'll read a couple of them i'm not gonna read the entire bullet because again the article will be linked in the in the show notes for your own edification and research specific quote specifically sorry jeez the executive order calls for measures to first bullet protect u.s customers protect u.s consumers investors and businesses by directing the department of the treasury and other agencies partners to access and develop policy recommendations to address the the implications of the growing digital asset sector and changes in financial markets for consumers, investors, businesses, and equitable economic growth. I feel like that's kind of like a run-on sentence, but we'll leave it alone. The order also encourages regulators to ensure sufficient oversight and safeguard against any systematic financial risks posed by digital assets. So basically any like loopholes or, you know, easily uh, hacking and that kind of thing. Second bullet, protect U.S. and global financial stability and mitigate system systematic risks by encouraging the Financial Stability Oversight Council to identify and mitigate economic-wide financial risks posed by digital assets and to develop appropriate policy recommendations to address any regulatory gaps. So that's pretty much talking about the financial business, the, the banks, the central banks. That's how that's protecting them. Mitigate the illicit finance and national security risks posed by the illicit use of digital assets by directing an unprecedented focus of coordinated actions across all relevant U.S. government agencies to mitigate these risks. So any backdoors and, you know, again, you know, deep web type stuff going on there. Uh, and it, you know, there's a couple more here. Promote U.S. leadership in technology and economic competitiveness to reinforce U.S. leadership in global financial system by directing the Department of Commerce to work across the U.S. government and 
establishing a framework to drive U.S. competitiveness and leadership in and leveraging of digital asset technologies. So basically, the Department of, of Commerce just got a raise in terms of importance and uh, oversight. And uh, what it, this that particular bullet, and just in my limited understanding, seems to be a power move because they want to be first. So right now what's happening is, and again, I keep telling you this stuff is always connected. This is what Russia and China is doing. The BRICS nations are doing this now because the BRICS nations are Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa are your BRICS nations. They are the nations, they're your other big first world nations that didn't sign off on the sanctions against Russia. Russia, China are already in works of putting in, putting forward a digital currency because of the sanctions that's going on. So keep that in mind. Um, and again, as I said, you, you can find this article, but one, I, one bullet point here, I do want to, um, make sure I, I, I say is it's the last one here. Explore a U.S. central bank digital currency, otherwise known as a CBDC. This bullet here is the one that is really what everyone was kind of waiting for. So I'm going to quote, explore a U.S. central bank digital currency by placing urgency on research and development of a potential United States CBDC. Issuance be deemed in the natural national interest. The order directs the U.S. government to assess the technology infrastructure, technological infrastructure, and capacity needs for a potential U.S. CBDC in a manner that protects Americans' interests. The order also encourages the Federal Reserve to continue its research, development, and assessment efforts for a U.S. CBDC, including development of a plan for border broader U.S. government actions in support of their work. This effort prioritizes U.S. participation in multi-country experimentation. <laughs> Yo. And ensures U.S. leadership internationally to promote CBDC development that is consistent with U.S. properties Priorities are, I don't know what's going on today, and democratic values. So, I'm going to read this one part one more time. This effort prioritizes U.S. participation in multi-country experimentation. They, they are resetting the entire monetary system it's a natural evolution it's not necessarily a, a wipeout well they're going to restart it but it's a natural evolution of the system that we already had this is why when they banned russia from the swiss from the swift payment corridor that 
payment corridor is antiquated. The new one is for a digital age, uh, an electric age, the fourth industrial revolution, which is electric. Ele everything electricity, electric cars, electric transportation, electric money. So this is what we got to pay attention to. It has nothing to do with anybody's war. They can't reset something because people are already used to what they have. And we know what happens when people get complacent. They're not going to move. You're not going to be able to do anything. So they have to, you know, take your eyes off of it and, you know, do it behind people's backs because they're not going to want to do that. They're not going to have want to learn a new system. Although here's the here's the scary part about it. You already know the system. You already been using Apple Pay. You already been using Google Pay. You already been using PayPal. You already been using the system already. It's a soft launch. It's been launched for when those things started coming out. Those electric payment systems. See what I'm saying? You already been using Western Union. So that's the nefarious stuff about it, you know. But um. Yeah, and this is what we're up against, you know. So the article goes on to say, according to the Treasury, crypto is a larger than $3 trillion market, which some 40 million Americans have already invested in. We tried to told you to be one of those 40 million. Don't get left behind. This technology is a double-edged sword. Yes, it's not made for you or me. It's made for the new one-world central banking system. Because once this digital currency is introduced, there will be no borders because the money is all going to be the same. There's not going to be a dollar versus a pound versus a franc versus a peso versus a yen and all that's going to be gone it's going to be one currency across the planet so everybody's going to be on the same playing field there is not going to be no uh exchange rate oh that's obsolete and you know you know, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, um, you know, in her statement says, as we take on this important work, we'll be guided by consumer and investor protection groups, <laughs> market participants and other leading experts, she says, you know, uh, she also goes on to say, quote, Treasury will work to promote a fair more inclusive and more efficient financial system while building our ongoing work to counter illicit finance and prevent risks to financial stability and national security. So when you hear these type of words, when these people talk like this, they're not talking about you. They're talking about themselves and the people who are already in the club. They're protecting that system. They're not protecting you. You need to be in that mindset when you read these people when they get up in there on that tv and they talk to you 
and they seem like they're talking to the nation. They're not talking to the nation. They're talking to the people who are already in. That's who they're talking about. And they use words like a fairer, more inclusive. Like, how much more inclusive can you get? More efficient financial system. You know, like these are these are double speak. You know, these things mean these words have multiple meanings. You see what I'm saying? So again, that's just me reading in between the lines. You know, and it it just this is a really great article. If you want to get um you know, up abreast on what's going on in terms of, you know, the this digital thing that's happening right under our noses. This is a good article to start with. You know. Uh, yeah. And oh man, it's just as I said, where do we go from here? You know, where do we go? And instead of, you know, they, especially when it comes to this cryptocurrency thing, they've been bad mouthing people who are in crypto. Oh, and I'm weird old crypto people, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> they do this every time. They always trying to call people who are up on something weird and, you know, and delusional and conspiracy theorists because they know what's about to happen. They don't want majority of the people to know about this kind of thing because literally, the people who are invested in this stuff are about to become millionaires overnight when this thing jumps off. They're putting it in place right in front of you. I mean, it's already in place. They're just, it's a soft, as I told you, it's a soft release, a soft opening. And when it flips, and it will, probably sometime this year, it'll start to turn on. Those are them, them people that you... It's like, oh, I'm not getting into that. I don't trust that. That's that's a scam. They're gonna they're gonna be living lavishly <laughs> in luxury. And then you're gonna come, hey man, hey, the shit done sailed. Cause once that, you know, them things start hitting like XRP, for example, once that thing start hitting hundred dollars a coin, a thousand dollars a coin, Bitcoin is at forty three thousand dollars for one coin that thing started at less than a penny just what 12 15 years ago and now it's the most valuable thing currency on the planet and how many times when it came out everybody's oh i'm not getting no bitcoin that's that's weird stuff yeah i So just, you know, as the title of this episode is, where do we go from here? You know, with so much to worry about, so much to pay attention to, people are tired. The energy is drawn. It's, it's being pulled in so many different directions. You know, and there's so many articles that I, I didn't get to tonight, getting, didn't get to today. and. Like, for example, I'm just going to read some of them off, right? The ones that I didn't get to, and I'll link a couple of them in the show notes. I ain't going to put all of them in there. 
because y'all don't read no way, right? But hopefully some of you will. And um, one of the articles I didn't get to titled Bombshell, Swedish study proves mRNA COVID injections alter DNA. Bombshell, three years before pandemic began, Moderna patented sequence found in alleged virus. They're talking about the T, the, uh, the spike protein. And, excuse me, I think there's a, let me see something here. I think there's a, a video in here with the gentleman talking about it. Uh, maybe not. Oh, there was. Cause I thought I watched it previously. Maybe I didn't. Yep, but now I'll link to that one. And um, here's another one here. Bombshell, Pfizer, Moderna, and Jensen documents submitted to FDA. Hint at collaboration. Well, yeah, they had to collaborate because the article I just read before that one says that Moderna had it patented. So they would have had to work with Moderna to get the vaccine. Like, they all was in cahoots. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just a lot going on. And again, I'm going to go over this list one more time. And inflation, election fraud, we touched on both of those. Not, not even directly talking about them. We was talking about two other topics that inadvertently touched on it because as I told you, it's all connected. Inflation and election, election fraud, Pfizer documents, freedom convoy, border crisis, crime surge, COVID, Ukraine and digital currency. And I, I might have forgot a couple others. I can't keep, you know, keep, I, I just can't keep pace with every single thing. But those are the ones that I've been noticing lately that have really been uh, taken over. So whew, with that, because my, my mind, I have so many different thoughts about, you know, which is going which way and I just want to <clears throat> posit that don't get too caught up on one person's perspective on what's going on in the world at the moment <clears throat> and what I mean by that is don't get caught up on MSNBC's view Fox News's view especially CNN's view um any of those mainstream media outlets, you know, the written online publications, the Times, all of them, Washington Post, you know, they're all owned by the same people. You know, don't hang your hat on them. And don't also, you know, even some of these alternative uh, news sites that you go to that some of these, art these, these articles are from. Yeah, they have a different perspective. They're a little bit less biased, but they still have their own agendas. So you got to keep in mind. There's 
multiple things can be true at the same time. And I, I really need to emphasize that multiple things can be true at the same time. Matter of fact, multiple things are true at the same time. Russia has their own viewpoint. You don't know their viewpoint. You know, you are geo-locked into the U.S.'s disturbing viewpoints of the world. Very um, detached from what's actually going on in the world. So you, as as Americans, we, we are the worst on the planet when it comes to knowing what it really is going on and what other people really feel. So, you know, you got to make sure you keep that in mind because we're biased, even me, because we live here. You know, we only going to know the propaganda that our country pushes. Even with the, the Russians and the Ukrainians and the, the, the other European nations and the other Asian nations and the other North American nations, Mexico and Canada. The other, you know, Central American and South American and African nations, they all have each country has its own slant on the propaganda that it's going to push. So you got to keep that in mind when you're looking at these things through through your, you know, biased lens. And try your best to, you know, be, you know, kind of in a way. You know, you got to be apathetic in your thought process, but, you know, in your actions, when you go to do things for people and you go to listen and things like that, you want to be empathetic. So you don't want to, you want to be cutthroat in the way that you're analyzing things, but when it's time to move and put in an action, you want to be empathetic. If you know, if you can balance those things, but uh, because you don't want to be be easily swayed by these emotions that they're pushing on you, you know, if you notice every country that the U.S. has ran up in, every leader of that nation has been Hitler. Iraq, Syria, Egypt, Somalia, which Somalia, they're bombing. The U.S. is bombing Somalia at the moment. They're not talking about that, though. Russia, Ukraine a couple years ago, uh, whoever else you want to put in there, um, Venezuela, Cuba, you know, the list goes on. Afghanistan, everybody has been a Hitler. You see what I'm saying? So they keep using the same exact playbook and it works every single time. You got to wonder why. Why are they always making these people Hitler? Who has the most, you know, who's affected the most by Hitler? There's only really one group of people. So why is it? And I let you know, you know, where all this is. A lot of this is coming from. And you got to pay attention to that. So uh, one other thing I might add, you know, just to just for perspective. Right. The majority of the planet, in terms of people, are living in the BRICS nations, right? You have 70% of the Earth lives within Russia, China, India. 
Brazil, South Africa. And so when we, and this is why a little bit, you know, a few minutes ago when I was talking about, you know, being biased and having a biased lens in this country, we tend to forget that the majority of the people on this planet live over that way. They don't live over here. They don't live in Europe. They live in Asia. You know, in addition to that, you have uh, about half of the African nations are going to side with Russia and China because of the um, development that's ongoing in the African nations from those two countries in particularly. So <laughs> this thing is very touch and go, you know, and. You know, and um, as I said, <laughs> and just so you know, you know, you need to know what side you're on, what side your country is siding on. So, you know, I mentioned the BRICS a couple of times, the BRIC nations, um, but your side that we live here in the U.S. is on NATO side. So your NATO is going to be everybody else for the most part, all the other. You know, first world countries, your England, France, Germany, Spain, U.S., Canada, Mexico, all of those countries are going to be your um, NATO countries. So, uh, and that's what the tug of war is about. That's what, you know, NATO wants to bring, you know, Ukraine in for strategic regions, reasons, sorry. And, uh, well, yeah, and that's, you know, that's all I got for you right now. It is so much more and so many more articles. Like I said, I'm going to link to those and, uh, yeah, do your, you know, go ahead, check those articles out and go down that rabbit hole if you, if you want, you know, and, um, stay critical in your thinking and empathetic in your actions. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to Frankly Speaking Podcast. I just wanted to say, you know, quickly, sorry for any squeaking <laughs> that you might have heard. Uh, I need to get in a chair, to be honest. And uh, sorry for, you know, apologize for any um, reading stumbles. I don't know what was going on to me with me this episode. You know, I'm, I haven't read these articles two or three times beforehand just to make sure I understand what was going on. And it was just weird, I guess. A little bit of nervousness either way thank you so much for tuning in to frankly speaking podcast please follow the podcast uh, apple podcast soundcloud and or spotify and on the instagram page at underscore frankly speaking podcast thank you